0: In three, two, one. one. In this episode of Man Vs. Vs. Marriage, it's the one, two, threes threes. of marriage. marriage. Yeah, it's like the beginnings, the the foundations, foundational principles. That's going to be the name. We'll be right back. Welcome back to another episode of Man Vs. Marriage. It is I, the Q, digging a dog. Ooh, that was too loud. In the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Honey, give a salutation. Hello. Hello. That is all you get. Hello. Well, before we get started today, make sure that you continue to utilize the email address. Quincy at MVSMPodcast.com. I was talking with a listener yesterday, um, and he said, you know, no hard feelings, but I I wasn't going to reach out, but I am so glad that I did, and things did not work out, um, things didn't work out how he wanted them to originally, but the progress that he's been able to make, the changes that he's been able to make, A, are all credit to him, um, I am simply an advisor, guidance, counselor if necessary. All I can do is kind of put the, put the framework out there. It's up to you guys to do work. And for this gentleman, for this guy, you know who you are, you do the work, bro. So kudos to you. All right. With that, uh, make sure to check out quincymoran.com. I have reached out to some of those listeners that are going to be getting that man versus marriage swag. I'm very excited about them. The shirts are on their way to the printer, and then they will be on their way to you. And uh, I might put some—I might put some pictures out there with the new gear. I even got Genie a shirt coming in those Dallas Stars colors. It's gonna look epic. Hopefully, the print looks good. With that being said, let's get to this. Um, I look at—I look at uh, the downloads and what people are downloading, honey. And it's kind of like a leading indicator of where the people are that are, you know, listening to the show. And I wanted to give this a go. I wanted to give this situation um, or this topic a go here. Uh, And it's the one, two, threes, like ABCs, one, two, threes, the foundational principles. And so let's get right into it. I say that it's been over two minutes and 40 seconds, but here, uh, you know, ladies first, I want you to start. um, Where did you start with this process? Where did you start? With myself. Yeah. And why?
1: Well, because I didn't think that it could all be your fault. There had to be a reason that I was feeling the way I was feeling. And I was constantly mad. I was in fear. I was lonely. I wasn't happy. And I needed somebody to help me kind of figure out why.
0: Yeah. And I wonder, maybe you find yourself, you know, in there somewhere to varying degrees, um, I think it's important that, uh, that you locate yourself. And the reason I say that is because I too, I too started, you know, this process and like reviewing where I was and, uh, trying to identify why I was not happy or why I was not satisfied. And you, you can't really live your life based on if you're happy or not, but, you know, there's a certain level of satisfaction and fulfillment that that matters, you know, whether you're single or whether you're married, if you're in a relationship um, or not. And so I, I too, you know, looked at where where I was and had kind of come to the conclusion that I was not I was not the man that I wanted to be. And it's not for lack of trying. Um, I was trying to do things based on what I heard you saying. And what I heard you saying or how I saw you acting, uh, and that's not always an indicator of exactly what it is that you need. That's me listening and watching you and then making my own assessment about what's going to make you stop. And uh, that's not a good plan. Mm -hmm. We didn't know that wasn't a good plan. And we took, look, we took the classes. We took uh, the pre-marriage classes at the church on the way. Um. But I think both you and I, like as sharp as you are, you and I still live in a certain zone of oblivion. I I don't even know how to put that in a nice way, but there are just things that don't occur to us um, that didn't occur to us. And I think it's not possible for those things to occur until you get into the true experiences of what a relationship is when you're in it. Well,
1: and we also sometimes I think choose to ignore because maybe things, other things are going on, or life around you is speaking a little bit louder, so you just kind of pushed up off to the side until you can't push it off to the side anymore.
0: I, I think. I think also, um, I say oblivion like it's like it's a, a derogatory thing, um, but I see it in us still at times, like times today. Um in different areas, which I'm sure at some point we'll probably talk about, and maybe it's a misconception on my part, but with that, um, taking responsibility. So how, like from a wife's perspective or a woman's perspective, how did you come to the conclusion? Um, once you decided you weren't happy and you wanted to, to talk to coach Rita, how did you determine, you know, what was your responsibility?
1: um, She just told me, basically. Okay. Um, You know, my happiness is not your responsibility. It's mine. Um, You know, if I wanted, if I needed something to be changed or my needs weren't being met, it wasn't your responsibility to read my mind. It was mine to tell you what I needed. Hmm. Um, You know, the basic stuff, really. I mean.
0: Well, it's, it's, it may seem like it's basic now, but it was not basic to us and it's
1: I think I was too pissed to really care back then okay and it took somebody else pointing it out because when you're when you're going through depression when you're angry, when you're frustrated, when you're scared I mean we had a lot of things coming at us at one time which I know everybody does um, and I don't really I didn't have any control over anything. In my mind I had no control over anything except the kids. So all the other stuff that was going on, I really didn't have any kind of stability with. Even with your schedule, with, um, you know, the crap happening with the mortgage, our finances, the pantries being empty, things like that. It just seemed to stack up because I always felt like I didn't have control. And uh, so she had to help me come back to... Figuring out what I can control and that's myself and how I respond to things and how I react to things. So that that's the main responsibility, I guess, was figuring out what's mine to control, what's not mine to control, and then figuring out how to share that without freaking out. You know, we both came into a marriage, two completely separate people, both individual independent paying our own bills doing our own thing and you mesh these two people together
0: that sounds like marriage as a whole like and in exactly general.
1: and so when you do that we all get into it and in the beginning it's all bliss because you know perks of marriage there mm-hmm. are some things that overshadow other things <clears throat> but then you start noticing you know we don't agree on things or There's little, little stuff starts to stack up because you don't really know somebody until you live with them. And then when you start living with them, you're like, huh, I didn't know you thought that way. Or I didn't know that you did that. Those those things start coming up and then you add a kid to the mix. And now we're not sleeping on top of these little irritating things that, you know, we, and we do, we push them aside because it's the beginning. We're just going to go through and we'll be okay. We'll adjust. We'll figure it out. We didn't figure it out for like 12 years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and the hard hard thing is, is that you don't, like, for me, I don't want to be nitpicky. So, I'll be like, ah, well, what's the big deal? It's just, it's just this. And then, you know, over the course of time, if, you know, if you do, if you do that five or 10 or 15 times over the course of two to three, four or five years, it starts to build up. And so... You know, the the danger here, or at least where my mind goes, it's like we could have, thank God we had great coaching, but we could have, like, tried to reconcile everything all at once and then, like, in the moment, say something is said and it's like, oh, I I don't like this, and then I don't like this, and I don't like this, and then it becomes like a rainstorm or like a thunderstorm of nagging one another and that's not like that's not what it's supposed to become. And one of the biggest things that I didn't actually say when we were talking about this, but it kind of comes on later is your is your ability to understand your spouse's intentions. I think that's one of the that's one of the biggest things that you know, one of the biggest misconceptions if you don't thoroughly understand or trust your spouse's intentions. Um that can put a damper on this process. So like when I talk to couples that are married, even as some of the individuals, I, I like to, I like to assess, you know, what is the honest, what is your honest opinion? Would your spouse do something to hurt you on purpose? Like to emotionally hurt you physically. If there's a physical issue there, you got bigger problems and we need to have a different conversation. Hmm. But like as far as emotionally would your spouse do something to hurt you on purpose if you can answer that authentically no i don't I don't believe that that my spouse would do that then you're actually a lot better off uh, because y'all haven't gotten to the point where you're punishing one another like with your attitude and your intentions you're not punishing each other if you can't say. <clears throat> That your spouse would, you know, legitimately wouldn't hurt you, um, then at least you know, and then you can start to identify why do I feel that way? Why is that, why do I have that level of mistrust? You know, there was a situation I carried for a long time and recently, <clears throat> I hadn't even talked to you about it, I don't think, but recently it, you know, um it played on like my insecurities. And I thought I had gotten over it. Like, there's, there hasn't been any infidelity between you and I, but, um, you know, when you start to look at things in your past, uh, like now, I'm I'm kind of overcoming some things from my past. Ultimately, it'll throw some of that dust in the air. And then your mind can kind of, you can let your mind go to a weird place. And so when you're like if you haven't truly worked through some of your issues and there is mistrust with your spouse or there has been infidelity until you get that or you find a way to get that that wound turned into a legitimate scar where it's been healed you know there's a little something there but it's been healed then you can't fully move on because every action that comes from there it's going to be like contaminating your perspective so you've got to find a way to get healed so, with me, I was I, I came to the determination that I was not the guy that I wanted to be. A lot of that had to do with, like, how heavy I was. And I wasn't just overweight because I liked to eat. I had some emotional issues that I hadn't dealt with. I had some emotional issues that would cause me to binge eat, um, eat the wrong things, and try to drown some of my pain or whatever with food. And all that did was make the cycle worse like over and over and over again till I got to the point where I was, I was in within reaching distance of like 400 pounds. And so I had to, I had to come to terms with this is not who I want to be. I want to be somebody different. So I had to take responsibility for myself personally I had to take res- responsibility for myself as a man, but then also as a husband and then also as a father. And so that to me is a, in, and thank you for bringing it up, honey. Cause I think, I mean, we've done shows about it, but taking responsibility for where you are in life is critical to affect any kind of change. You just have to. Um, if you are constantly trying to blame other people for the reason you act the way you do, then you you have not come to the place where you really want to do what Jeannie talked about, which is taking uh, taking the authority over your attitude and your actions. And I say, like for me, I say there are three things. When I tell somebody, you know, here's what, focus on the things you can affect. What are those? The things in a healthy way you have complete control over your attitude, your actions, and your effort. That's where you start. And so it's important to know where do you take responsibility. Now, we there has been the case where it's like, here you are taking responsibility, and you start to take all the responsibility. And so you'll assume, well, my wife is acting this way because of me, because I've done this. But there's a line. Wouldn't you say, honey, there's a line that you have to draw, which is like, You know, your spouse needs to take responsibility for herself and you need to take responsibility for yourself. And then you can kind of find in the middle where those two places meet.
1: Well, and you have to know what your responsibility is because just because you say it's my responsibility doesn't necessarily make it mine. That's correct. The other side of that is, um, how how do I do this? You teach people how to treat you. So if you're not happy with yourself and you're constantly like getting on yourself or feeling like you're falling short and you are in that, you know, apologizing and constantly trying to appease others because you feel inadequate, they're going to treat you that way and people are going to take advantage of that. Absolutely. You know, that's the the whole, I think the the biggest thing that we learned was we treat people how to treat us. So when we learned how, to like make ourselves happy or figure out what it was that we wanted it was okay so i'll use your weight loss as an example because it's the easiest one to do when we would go somewhere people were used to you eating two or three plates of food so it was automatically assumed plan quincy for x amount of food but when you were working out and getting healthy and taking care of yourself we would go places and it was like, oh, well, we made this, this, and this for Quincy. And Quincy's like, wow, I, I, I don't eat that anymore. Thank you, but I, I I don't need that now, but I appreciate it. And people would get offended. Sometimes they would get hurt because they did this for you. And, you know, the the catch is you can't take the responsibility for that person feeling hurt because you made a choice to change for yourself. And it happens with the marriage too because I used to get hurt all the time because you were gone, you were doing things. I didn't put into perspective what your health meant. I put into perspective how I felt. So that that was the contention and that I think that's what happens a lot in a marriage is you were gone, you know, 12-hour days for work and then you would go to the gym for two hours. And then you would come home and, you know, you had a meal plan. The meal plan fell to me because that's part of my responsibility at home is to take care of the meals and take care of the home. And I used to get pissed because you were constantly changing things or you would work out five or six days a week. And then it became, you know, your stuff that you do with your brother and the videos and all these other things. And it was just like, at what point do we agree that this is too much? It worked for you, it helped you, and you lost weight. It made you healthier down the line. And eventually we figured out what some health issues were because of all of that. But in the time frame that it was happening, I was more concerned with how I felt about it, what it was doing to me, and I was kind of pushing it on you, projecting it on you, because this is how I feel. That's, I think, where the catch-22 comes in, is we didn't have the skills at that point, we were just figuring things out. Plus we had people living with us at the time and that always makes things worse, but we weren't able to communicate. I see this as too much and I need this on this side of things. Where do we find the balance? We didn't know how to do that yet. We were still kind of doing our own thing under the same roof, I guess. Does yeah. That make sense? I mean,
0: and, in, and in the, the fact is, is that, you know, at that time I, there, I was out, doing all kinds of things before that I was out doing all kinds of things early on. We were married. I think, I think by the time that came around, like when Josh and I got started, it was like 2009. So I started tapering off coaching and Chris had already moved. Um, but that doesn't mean I wasn't, I wasn't still looking for things. And you know, my work, like my work was supposed to, like I was on salary. So I was supposed to, when I was coaching football later on, supposed to be able to go to work early, um, get off work, go to practice, and then still be home by the same time as if I was just working. But it rarely if ever worked out that way. That's how I tried to justify it to myself. I think at that point, it probably would have, it probably would have been or could have been much better if we took the time to sit and say, okay, Let's renegotiate this. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have the skill set of negotiation at that time. Um, You know, there were, I needed, I needed something bigger than myself to help, like to be my true north so that I could get past um, this cycle of just not being healthy. Yeah. And I, I truly, I mean, I had it. I had it for the kids. I had it for you. Um, and then I had it for like, you know, the biggest losers in the Moran brother nation, but none of that, none of that is going to stick, um, because ultimately you have to do things like that, life-changing things for yourself. And I've come to that conclusion. And even if it sounds selfish, you have to do those things, and the way that I put it in perspective now is, you know, you do those things in honor of the gift of life that you've been given. So how do I honor this gift? By doing my absolute best uh, to respect my health, be as healthy as I possibly can. I mean, any of us can walk outside tomorrow in the city and a bus take us out. That doesn't mean you you totally resolve to say, it doesn't matter, I don't have control over whether I live or die. You know, that's an extreme example, but... I wanted to give myself the best opportunity to succeed, to stay alive as long as I could, to reduce, you know, any kind of um, ailments that come along down the road. And I was just tired of not having self-control. And to me, having self-control, just for the way that I'm made up, it's a big deal for me. Discipline, you know, and Jocko says it: discipline equals freedom. And like I've told you, you know, I look at, I just, I take it and I equate it and say, would I ever cheat on my wife? No, it's not going to happen. So if I have that discipline in our relationship because our relationship is that important to me, well, my health is just as important. So I can say no in the short term to these things that I used to have an addiction to. I can stop that. I can take responsibility for it and i can start to build some credibility with myself and then i become somebody that like i can count on and you know when you're going like when you're going when you're creating something or you're going through it you're just not going to get it perfect no matter how many videos or books you read you're not going to get it perfect and so i didn't get it perfect at that time it was not a waste of time for me because i learned the things i went through what i put myself through the family through, it's it's kind of brought me forward to who I am today, and now I can put my life in perspective.
1: Well, I think what I'm, I'm saying, though, by using that as an example is like we have Jack who's trying to work out, his wife is frustrated because he works out and he's not taking the time that she needs for her, but he's taking time for himself. And it's kind of like a slight of... It's not like you're not allowed to have your own time to do something for yourself, but you are expected to do X, Y, Z for me. There's a compromise that has to happen there. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is it it, when we focused on ourselves, when Quincy and I did it, we didn't do it right the first time around because we didn't sit down with each other and say, okay, this is what I want to do. But I also want to balance what you need from me. How do we make this work? We didn't do that. We just kind of were in the phase of I'm going to do this and we would go and do it and then whatever, we'll figure it out later. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't figure it out later. It's not that it's a bad thing to want to do something for yourself. It's that you're still a team. So doing something for yourself, you still have to have that support team behind you while you're doing that. And sometimes, you know, you come to the agreement of, this is a just for now. This is not a forever. This is just for now. I need to take three months to focus on this. And this is what that looks like. And it can be, um, you know, your time for yourself. It could be, your, for me, it's okay. I, I, this past two weeks, is a perfect example. I didn't have a whole lot of time to crunch on the book, but when you guys were out of town, I did what I could when everybody got home. My time went haywire and I just didn't have all the time to focus that I needed, but we both agreed this is my deadline. So I had to take away from family time, but in order to do that, I had to say, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what needs to happen. Can we meet somewhere in the middle? Can you help me with these things? Or can the girls pick up this slack so that I can finish this? But again, it's temporary, but we didn't know how to communicate that in the beginning when we were trying to do things for ourselves and you know, does that make sense?
0: It it does. And, and really, I don't think we're all that great at it now. I think we've come <laughs> a long way. Um, you know, the pandemic, um, we didn't have it right then because we were in the work harder mode. I was in the work harder mode. And then, you know, just going back, like, because of the example of my, my health, I don't know if, I don't know if, if I, I didn't do a good enough job explaining to you what my method was when I was in search of finding like the right diet. Mm -hmm. And so we were not communicating this. I would be doing ABC I was learning more, listening, you know, to podcasts and books and things of this nature. And then I would change. I would make up my mind to change things before I would discuss it with you. But you were the one going out to buy the groceries. Mm -hmm. And so how can we like now, even with life as busy as it is. Because we're not following all the principles that we want to, and we're letting life get in the way, and yes, we have things going on, Um, but how much of those things can we look back at, let let the past be a professor and say, okay, it might not happen as quickly now, but ultimately it still happens, where we're not communicating effectively, we're not talking to each other about this is my goal, and this is how I'm going to try to go forward. Um, so that we have a better understanding with each other, what it is we're planning to do, and then just fully communicating along the way. Um, so there's not that like area of ambiguity to it. I think we can just be better. That's a whole lot of words to say, we are not doing the check-ins that we need to do and we need to recalibrate there, um, so that we can better support each other in our goals And I don't, I don't know how to carve the time out to do it, but I know we need to do it. That's just a marriage note for, for you and I and where I'm at. But, you know, recalibrating the process and then communicating, um, is something that we just weren't good at in the beginning.
1: No, but we also didn't know how, okay. So the process for me went figure out. Why I was unhappy. That was the first step. Yeah. What is it that makes me unhappy? What is it that I don't like about myself? Because whatever it is that you don't like about yourself, it's what you're projecting on someone else. If you get in a room with someone who is exactly like you, you will butt heads every single freaking time because something they do annoys you. Shocker.
0: Well, yeah. If you get in the room with somebody, let me, can I give an example real Mm -hmm. quick? I'm going to be completely transparent with the group. My brother and I did, um, and I haven't even talked to him about this. I was attempting to go and sit and you know have a drink and talk with him about it, but it just got stupid. So I was like, "Never mind, I'm just not going to talk to you about it." Anyway, I didn't know the benefit it would be to talk to him about it, but we did uh, what we called the Biggest Loser rejects. We went and tried out for the Biggest Loser. Um, we didn't make it. We got to we got to like the producers were like, "We love you guys. We want to bring you on and." Um, so they emailed us, which they didn't really do for anybody and said, Hey, we're going to go another direction. So we took that became the biggest loser rejects. We had a website. It was great. Nobody really signed up. It was the same time Facebook was coming out. So we lost, it was a good concept, but, um, so we went and documented our weight loss online. And so I saw what my brother did. I saw how hard I worked. Um, don't, didn't really have an appreciation as I was going through it at how I was, you know, changing the composition of my body. I, I let the scale dictate my attitude, but looking back at videos now, it's like, holy cow, look at mm-hmm. that guy. Um, anyway, Josh went from like 363 to 190 pounds. And I looked at him like, man, this guy's got a ton of freaking potential. This, this guy can do whatever he wants to do. He puts his mind to it. He will accomplish it. I went from like, When I finally got on the scale, it was like 382, and I got down to 221. Our bodies were very, very different. Um, I'm square, big boned, and I had a decent amount of muscle mass. Josh is more lean, smaller frame. And so I didn't make it to my goal weight. He absolutely made it to his. And so, you know, fast forward in time, we ended up stopping and doing it, and now we're getting back together. And I would have this frustration with Josh, and I would want to coach him, and I would want to build him, and I would want to encourage him to accomplish things because I'm like, dude, you have all this potential, but you're not doing anything with it. You have all this potential. You can accomplish such great things and help people. You're not doing anything with it, and I would get frustrated with him. And being a man of faith, you know, the Holy Spirit checked me at one point and said, Quincy, this has nothing to do with Josh. Your frustrations are not Josh. You're projecting on Josh because you have great potential. Not that he doesn't. You have great potential. And you're afraid that you're not going to realize it. You're afraid you're not doing enough. You're afraid you can't. And it was one of the bigger aha moments of my life to say, mm, all, all this that I, when I look at Josh and say, man, you could do this. It's actually a reflection of me saying, When are you going to get over this fear and your insecurities and go do this? It was such a big moment for me. And all that to say, you know, you ask yourself, Why am I so angry all the time? Well, Quincy, Quincy, Quincy. And then you go, and Rita has a gift of saying, Okay, well, why is that? And ultimately it brings it back down to an insecurity or an irritation or a disappointment that has to do with yourself and Mm -hmm. what you're not accomplishing. The root cause matters more than the symptom. Like in our medical day and age, they're always treating the symptom with some kind of medication that has a ton of side effects. It's more about proactive care. It's more about being proactive and getting to the root cause. So you don't have to cover the symptoms anymore if you get to the root, then the symptoms go away. Now, that doesn't mean that you've had chronic pain for so long that you're expecting the chronic pain so it might be there or you might feel like it's there. Your body has to learn how to live without those things. And as as weird as that is, it's the same.
1: It's not weird at all because after you give birth to a child, you still feel like there is a baby in your stomach moving around for several weeks. You'll get little flutters and movements that don't make any sense, but your body is trying to figure out what happened, where to go. Well, take <laughs> your, your brain is not connected to figure that out right away. It takes a little bit,
0: right? And so take that example or chronic pain or anything else, and apply it to you changing your life. Apply it to your diet. Apply it to your disciplines in life and the places where you can't make change and understand that's a natural part of the course. You've done something for so long. Your mind and your body crave that certainty. They crave that routine. They crave comfort. So it's okay to be in pain. It's okay to endure hard things. It's okay as you're going through the places Of change as you're beginning to transform yourself so I say all that to say is you get to the root cause of really why you're upset what has you disappointed why do you have resentment why do you why don't you trust anybody why do you assume the worst all the time why are you so afraid that all these things could happen why do you go to like the worst case you know the worst case scenario possible and then you start to learn about all these symptoms you're creating because of the root cause that's going in. And I had to come to terms with that. What I, I had to take a step back and look at myself and go, what would I say a great man? Why and what and who? Am I that? Am I that? Not perfect. Am I that? No, that's not who I am. Well, how do I change that? And it's like if you set out on a course, you have to have a map. You have to have directions. If you set on a course, you know the place you want to get, but you've never been there. You have to have guidance. It's imperative that you have guidance on how to get there. You get off the road, the GPS will help you back. But you need guidance to get there. So, listener. Understand that, you know, there is some unchartered territory, but the actions that you're making now ultimately need to lead you to this, quote, destination on the journey. And so if I want to be a man of my word, but I'm not taking actions to keep my word, I'm not going to get to that destination. If I want to be healthy, And whatever I determine that looks like, I mean, there is a health. I mean, there are markers that can tell you if you're healthy. Um, If I'm not taking those actions to get there, then I'm never going to reach that, quote, destination. I say it's a, quote, destination, but it's really a journey that never ends until you make the move to the next life. So how do you take responsibility how do you work through you know those issues and what do you do what do you do to ensure that change is real it's long lasting and it's it's something that becomes a part of who you are well once you've taken responsibility um once you better understand what is your responsibility and you're talking to your spouse now honey sometimes the husband or the wife doesn't want to do it so now you're doing it alone and that is hard that is extremely difficult so you know reach out to us and maybe we can give you some tips on how to do that but if you come to the point where you're taking responsibility you're changing you don't need to broadcast it to everybody you can tell your spouse what your intentions are, but once you start to, to take that responsibility, and then, um, you know, you, you, you can take, when you begin to change, you teach people how to treat you, so then you start redrawing the boundaries of how you allow people to treat you. That sounds crazy saying that out loud, but it's true. And the way you carry yourself, the way that you interact with people as you begin to change you won't need to tell them you're changing because they're going to recognize it now some people have you i had i taught people how to treat me as being a people pleaser so when i didn't act like they their expectation uh the expectation they had of me all of a sudden things were changed because everybody needed their version of who quincy was (laughs) but that was my fault I love being all things to all people, but in the in the course of that you can get lost, like you can lose yourself. And so there's a there is something to living out of fear and the mechanism being control where you will lose yourself living in fear. And my friend Israel will say, you know, faith and fear are the same thing you're both putting your hope in something that hasn't happened and i don't want to live my life like that i when it comes to finances i still struggle to this day although mentally and emotionally i'm getting better um but with that being said i've got a couple things i need to tell you before we close this thing out and i don't have a lot of time so if we just go to the if we go to the um the high points here, take personal responsibility. If you don't know how to do that or it's confusing or maybe you need an outside opinion, you know the email. Quincy at com. Number two, understand once you identify those things, what's the root of the issue? Find an exercise to help you get to the root of the issue. Then learn to communicate without Projecting on or through fear with your spouse, because if you're projecting your fears on your spouse, then you're gonna you're gonna make it like it is your spouse's fault. You're not taking responsibility for yourself. Rita
1: uh, says the thing you fear most. If you don't figure it out, you will actually create it. You'll make it happen because you're forcing that on someone else. You're making it like it's it's the only option now.
0: Like you will will it to happen mm-hmm. in a sense. Uh, number four, determine if there's a need to f- uh, for forgiveness. Now, what does that look like? That means have you been living? Have you been telling yourself something so long that's not true? Um, that you need to you need to forgive yourself. Maybe something you maybe something is true, and it's not you anymore, and you need to forgive yourself. Now, now you might have to ask your spouse for forgiveness. Because you were assuming the wrong things. I mean, Jeannie and I probably could come up with a few examples right now of the forgiveness we needed to give each other. Um, and you know, just for me, just quickly, just quickly, um, when I came to when I came to the conclusion that Jeannie was not going to hurt me on purpose. I don't know. I don't know how the light came on. I just came to the determination just knowing my wife after a while, getting to learn more about her. I don't even know if I asked you the question, but I came to the conclusion, this woman, it's not in her nature to hurt me on purpose. That doesn't mean if we're arguing, she's not going to, you know, we're not going to take some shots at each other. <laughs> um, but she try not to. Right. She, she's not going to legitimately hurt me on purpose. So once I did that, I, I could thereby... um change my assumptions and ask legitimate questions about what these actions were so I could better understand them now sometimes i still get all up in my mind and i don't just ask her the question and i i weigh I, as a guy i know used to say i burn way too many calories on the wrong thing and that's not what i want to do so determine if there's forgiveness needed If there is evaluate trust, that's number, that's number five, evaluate the level of trust you have for your spouse and why, and then determine what level of trust you have and how you want to increase, how you want to build, how you want to develop that level of trust. And Jeannie and I learned through, uh, coaching, um, how to locate our fears and then how to rebuild trust in our relationship because we actually talked about it. It's that don't take it personal concept that Coach Rita would say, okay, she's going to tell you how she feels, and it's not your responsibility to tell her why she doesn't feel that way. She already does. So understand that's how she feels, but it's not how she has to feel moving forward. And sometimes you can assume the wrong thing about your spouse, and it's not that they need to justify their way out of it. You can explain what your intentions were. Because intentions and motivations are a big deal. Yeah. Um, so with that, I didn't get to number six. I don't know if there is a number six. I stopped writing, which was a good move on my part. Um, <laughs> but I think those are the one. To, I so I said one, two, threes, and I gave you five things to do. Now, if you listen to this podcast without your spouse and your spouse does not like listening to podcasts, maybe you can go for a 45-minute drive somewhere, grab some ice cream, grab something. You guys go for a drive and say, hey, this is something that I'm going to take on. I want you to know, um, I want to make our marriage the best it can be, and I want to take responsibility on my side for that, and this is the method that I'm going to use, or something like it. Find a way to expose your spouse to this particular show and then reach out to me if you need some direction or you need some help. Um, If you need somebody to reflect with you, if you want to hear your own story, like you're stepping outside of the frame of your life and you're hearing this story, like if it was about your friend, that is going to give you such great perspective to your own situation. It's always easy to give somebody else advice about their life because you're not necessarily emotionally connected to it. So, Quincy at mvsmpodcast.com. Honey, do you have anything you want to add? That's the one, two, three, four, fives.
1: No, I think we're good.
0: Okay, with that, Jeannie and her (sighs) Cheez-Its. That's all for this episode of Man Versus Marriage. Between the ice clinking in the metal cup and the Cheez-Its, she's Jeannie Moran, I'm Quincy Moran, and this is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast.